Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Elevating Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Jeremiah Gaines. The purpose of this podcast is to enlighten middle school and high school student athletes to the realities of college sports. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Um, we'll get to his name in a second, but his bio first. Um, he hails from Atlanta, Texas. When I first saw it, I thought it was Georgia, but this is Atlanta, Texas. Uh, he was the number 40. A ranked running back in the nation, according to ESPN, which I didn't know personally. And being number 40 in the nation is big because there's thousands of high school running backs. Being number 30, number 40, that's a big deal. Um, he was a first-team all-district selection as a safety and running back. He was named to all Northeast Texas and district special teams player of the year. Um, he ran track, and he's number 16 all-time at his high school in the 100-meter dash. I don't know if he knew that. But he's number 16 all time. Um, and then ultimately he chose to attend SMU on a football scholarship. We became roommates and the rest is history from there. So this is Mr. Everett Dickerson. How you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good, Jeremiah, man. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Um, we're excited to hear about your story and just hear a little bit about you, all right? I'm good, man. Cool. So my first question I ask everyone, who is the best player you've ever played against on any level? Hmm. There's been a couple. Um, so going back to high school, pretty much the best players I've ever played were the ones I saw throughout my high school career. Mm -hmm. So uh, first person I saw was Steve Edmond. I'm not sure if you know him. Uh, he hails from Dangerfield. He was the number one inside linebacker in the nation. Uh, junior or senior year of high school and we happened to see them before our district play okay <laughs> and uh <laughs> the reason why i remember him so well is because that was my first year on varsity uh i got in there running back for a play and he absolutely destroyed me <laughs> i will remember that hit for the rest of my life <laughs> didn't steven didn't end up going to uh university of texas yeah he went to ut okay yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he was he was something serious. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, um, uh, Shock Linwood, he went to Baylor. Mm. Came from Lyndon Kildare. I played him. Uh, so Lyndon Kildare was, what, 10 minutes away from Atlanta, Texas. So, mm. yeah, we, we grew up together. I mean, I knew him. But, I mean, of course, when he got to high school, his play just elevated, and then he went on to Baylor to showcase his talent out there. But yeah, what made him so special in high school? He did everything, bro. So he played, quarter, <laughs> he played quarterback in high school. Of course, he played running back in college. But he was the team. If you stop Shock Linwood, you win the game. If you don't stop Shock Linwood, you lose the game. Luckily, we won that game. But he was, he was still the force, for wow, sure. Wow, that's crazy. That was, a under, that was an underdog. I wouldn't expect anyone to say Shock Linwood. Yeah, he was, he was the truth. Man, that's <laughs> good stuff. Um, so let's learn a little bit more about you. So how were you introduced to sports? I would say my father put me in that position. Um, growing up, well, everyone used to tell me, oh, your dad was this guy in his heyday in Atlanta. Uh, he still sends me highlights and pictures of him from his football days <laughs> back in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, he's pretty much started me out in flag football, I would say kindergarten, first grade, because he was a coach then and he would coach me. I was on his team, of course. And then flag led to tackle and 
then I was in middle school and, and uh, I pretty much think that he paved the way for me in that sense. Gotcha. And so as you were going through that journey, um, did you have any dreams or aspirations of playing collegiate or uh, NFL football? Or did it just kind of happen? Of course. I mean, everyone has that dream. Oh, I want to play in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. and I had that dream as well. Um, I know in high school until I got my first offer, that dream was kind of on the rocks, you know, but I mean, once I got that offer, I was like, okay, okay, this is, there's still a chance that I can make it to the next level. Got you know? you. So. And when'd you get that first offer? I got that my junior year. Uh, I came from Arkansas State. That's when Ghost Miles on was there. Got so you. I didn't know what to do at first. I was like, <laughs> do I accept it or, you know, do I, <laughs> you know, how long do I have this? You know, I didn't know the whole process of it, but my mm-hmm. head coach eventually broke all that down for me and so forth. So. Perfect. So you're saying like before you got that first offer, you really didn't know if this was something that could be a reality for you. Exactly. I mean, I was playing to go to college, of course, but playing sports was not an afterthought, but it was my second thought. It was my plan B, <laughs> you know, go to school for academics, then I know I could walk on somewhere maybe, you know, so right. it was still there. It just wasn't right. the first choice. Yeah, no, that's, that's good for everyone to hear. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be your first um, option as long as you're taking care of your business in the classroom. And it just happens later on. I mean, that's a lot. That's a way that we actually prefer to work because exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's good stuff. Um, And so how many scholarship offers did you actually finish with? D1, I believe I had three. Yeah. Yeah. So Arkansas State, SMU, and then my last offer came from Oklahoma State. Got you. And so would you say that Atlanta, do a lot of um, Division One or college athletes come from Atlanta, um, your high school? I would say we have D1 potential. Okay. But as far as getting offers from D1 schools, not so much. Uh, once, so the head coach who's there now, who was the head coach when I was there, he had just came on my, it was my junior. So my junior is when he came. And then he brought a lot of eyes with him per se. So that's when we started getting looks. So uh, senior, my senior, Ricky Hatley, uh, he got a D1 scholarship to Missouri. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have gotten it. We wouldn't have got our offers if it wasn't for our coach, gotcha. Matt McClure. So uh, I think he helped us in that sense Um, like I said we have a lot of talent there Mm -hmm. but not necessarily everyone goes to play football elsewhere do you think the uh, majority of that reason is because of the coach or do you think there are other reasons that stop them from actually going um to college to play sports as well Mm, I think he put us in the right position okay that way Uh, we weren't the best football team with our previous head coach Uh, not knocking him in any way Mm -hmm. but when Matt McClure came he we had a whole new offense. He put stars in the right places for them to succeed. So he pretty much helped our growth. And then once we started doing well, people come to see you do well. Right, so, right. That's when the eyes came and, oh, got offer here. Oh, it's amusing the stands, you know, people looking at you, you know. We never had that. And when he brought that, I mean, it was a, it was a good feeling for sure. Right, so. For sure. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that when the team got better, when y'all became a better team, and you had a better coach, then more mm-hmm. eyes came. So that's really good for our audience to know that focus on being the best team player and teammate that you can be 
so that mm-hmm. your team is elevated because then that brings more opportunity for more college scouts um, to come see you. Yeah, so that's, that's really good advice. It's really good advice, Ev. Um, so what made you ultimately choose SMU? Hmm. I mean, let's see. I love the area, man. I, I love Dallas. And I always wanted to live out there. Uh, Arkansas State, I enjoyed it as well. Um, but it was too far away for me from home, put it that way. Uh, great coaching staff, but, you know, the coaching staff won't always be there throughout your career. Mm -hmm. So I went to a place where I thought would help me grow as a person Mm -hmm. and on the field. So Dallas is like a mecca for job opportunities as well as, I mean, SMU is the spot, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go to a higher learning institution in SMU. Pretty much brought that for me. Great. So you were thinking about outside of um, sports. You kept kept that same mindset and thinking outside of just sports and saying, okay, mm-hmm. what can put myself in the best position uh, exactly. to succeed? Perfect. That's great. Um, and so I guess the next question I will ask you is, so actually, no, let's talk about your academics. What was your mindset? How were you, would you say that you were a good student in high school? Um, what, how would you say your academics were? Um, I would say I was a pretty good student. Um, okay. <laughs> um, my mom preached good grades. Mm-hmm. If you don't have good grades, you don't play, regardless of what the school says. So, right. you know, so grades before sports. Mm-hmm. So I had to excel in the classroom in order to excel on the football field. And that mindset transitioned to the next level. So I still had that thinking, but it was, I guess, a little bit different when I got to SMU. But uh, think about, so high school for me was, kind of easy i'll okay. put in a sense go go to yeah, go into a little bit of detail about that okay so smaller school um we didn't offer a ton of classes like there was no coding classes or anything like that which i saw once i got to the next level a lot of my classmates have already taken some classes dealing with that sort of stuff you know mm-hmm. so i guess in a sense i was behind in that way but all the classes that i could take in high school i took them to try to set myself up for the best position as possible once I did get to college. Um, but I mean, I didn't have very good study habits due to school being a little bit easier for me. I'm like, okay, I can just look at a couple of times, boom, I got it. Good. Mm-hmm. I got to college and things are a little bit different. So. Yeah. Hold that having... thought. We're, we're going to come to that. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. We're going to come right back to it. We're going to come right back to it. Um, but one thing we did talk about actually yesterday, you went into um, SMU with between 24 and 30 credits. Tell me, first of all, how did you do that? So my school had like a somewhat of a partnership with Texarkana College to where we could do dual credit classes. So I'm sitting in my high school taking a history class, getting credits for high school, but I'm also getting credits for a college level history class at Texas kind of college. Mm-hmm. So that allowed me to, of course, complete my credits due for high school, but also get credits going towards my college mm-hmm. degree. So that allowed me to knock out a lot of my basic classes, a lot of English classes, history classes, and so forth. And then during the summers, it also allowed me to take dual credit classes as well. I would take college level math. I took college algebra and all that good stuff before I even got to college. Mm-hmm. So like you said, I had 26 credits before I ever stepped foot on an actual college campus. So 
and it helped me get ahead in a way, you know, I can go straight into my degree and whatnot, you know. So my next question is why? So you kind of hit it on at the end, but why did you do that? So when we were coming through this, that was new, like it's become more prevalent now in high schools, but I had the option to do that, but I didn't do it. Cause it was like, I would think I was a second graduating class to even have dual credit classes. And I'm like, I'm on a full scholarship. So why do I even need to take these other classes to get ahead? Mm -hmm. I have four or five years to do it. So why did you personally do it? If you can go into more detail about that. I was just trying to get ahead of the curve. You know, I'm just, I didn't want to be in school for forever. Okay, you know? yeah, I got you, I got you, that's real. <laughs> you know, you know, basis are usually with the first year or two of any degree plan. So I'm thinking if I knock this out, then I can knock my bachelor's out quicker. And then potentially if I wanted to go back for a master's, you know, I'm just knocking down the time that it takes. I'm just trying to get as much done in as little amount of time as possible. Right. That is, that is very, very smart. Very smart. So tell me about your recruiting process a little bit. We said that you had three Division One offers. Talk to me about your um, official visit. How many did you take? I took – I actually took two, and then I just went on another visit to TCU to see what was out there, you know. Okay. Uh, visit with SMU was great, man. I mean, it's where I met you at. Yep. <laughs> man, boy, since then. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, so that was great, man. I got a chance to experience new things, see a lot of new people, see different, a lot of different backgrounds than what I was brought up with, you know, so that was always cool. Uh, Arkansas State, that was great as well. Uh, like I said, it's far off. It, it looks – like rice fields. I'm not sure if that's correct, but it looked nothing but I don't know. It was farmland, lots of farmland, then boom, mm -hmm. the school. So it was situated off by itself, whereas in SMU is like downtown Dallas, right off 75, in the mix of everything, you know. Um, but I mean, once I got there, you know, they could see who I am. I mean, because they only see me on the field rather than get to know me as a person. Yeah. Um, so got a chance to meet with the coaches, talk with the head coach. It was cool. Uh, Pretty much got to meet everybody. People who are on the team already give me perspectives on what mm -hmm. to look for, you know, just how the culture is here. So it just allowed me to see things from their point of view without actually being at the school. At that oh, yeah, that's a great example of what most official visitors do. So, so tell the audience um, what typically happens after 7 o'clock on official visits. So, like, when you leave <laughs> your parents, when you leave the coaches – what like what typically happens for a lot of with a lot of student athletes, high school student athletes on official visits? Uh, I know for for us, I mean, we all got together, uh, went to one of the dorms to chill out. People go here, like you want to go to a party or something like that. I'm like, yeah, you know, not really my vibe. Right. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, I try to experience things. You know, mm -hmm. I get to chill with everybody. You know, I don't want to be like. I didn't want to be boring per se, mm -hmm. but I knew what I did and what I didn't like to do. So I stuck to my values regardless of who I'm with, you know. Uh, but ultimately, I was like, yeah, I'll go hang out for a little bit, but I'll go back to the hotel to chill for a little bit, you know, right. and then get ready for tomorrow or whatever is planned and so forth like that. So, I mean, they try to show us the side of the school, try to show us what Dallas has to offer and stuff like that. So. It's just trying to get to know the city, get to know your teammates, spend a little time with them, and then, you know, ultimately you choose whether you like the school and if you like the area and the people around you. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, I love this. Ev, I love the way this conversation is going. Let's make a, a small shift to mm -hmm. actual college. When you came and stepped foot on campus at SMU, what was the 
most surprising thing that you encountered about the school and about being in college in general? Mm. What can I say about that? Uh, I guess I would just say, hmm. I guess just the school itself. I mean, I'm coming from a small school, maybe 700 kids in the entire high school where I know some of the guys I went to school with, their senior class was 500 plus. So, I mean, I guess it's the scale of everything. SMU wasn't a huge school, but it was a lot bigger than what I was accustomed to, you know. Uh, just meeting all these different ethnicities was a big thing for me because back home, my school was predominantly black, but it was just pretty much just black and white people. Mm-hmm. Or here, I mean, you mean Hispanic people, black people, of course. Uh, African people. I mean, mean all these ethnicities pretty much brought everything together from like, okay, this is what Dallas has to offer. This is what SMU has to offer. And then uh, just seeing all different type of classes, just how, how well everything looks. Uh, just, I know, just being a part of the SMU football team was just mind blowing to me. Like, okay, I made it, mm. which is probably the wrong, wrong mindset at the time. Like, I made it. I'm not sure if that stop me from growing anymore like okay okay i made it you know so not sure if that hindered my growth going forward that's a great stay there a little <laughs> bit longer Ev. stay there a little bit longer so when you say you made it you're like man i made it to a division one school mm-hmm. and like why do you think that might have hindered your growth moving forward i don't know if i was complacent or not mm. so i'm here okay i made it okay now what next i didn't have that step I didn't think past, oh, I'm a college athlete now. Okay, so now what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> right, right, right. You didn't set like, any more like goals or things for yourself, like what, so like some milestones you need to hit as you mm-hmm. start your journey on this. I mean, so, I mean, coming in, like I said, we all, earlier we talked about having that mindset of getting to the NFL. Okay, boom, I made it to college. All I had was NFL. I didn't name the steps in between to get to that, that point. That's you know good. So. That's good. So you would tell the audience when they do make it to that level that they need to have action steps ready, already in place to help them get to that next level. Exactly. Perfect. Oh, that's good stuff, Ev. That's real good stuff. <laughs> um, so on the football field, your first year, um, you did red shirt. Talk to me about the red shirting process for you and what that was like. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, I wasn't overly excited about red so you know of course i want to come in i want to play set the tone let everybody know what i had to offer you know but red shirting allowed for me to bulk up a little bit i came in at 160 pounds <laughs> you know so i added 15 18 pounds that off season so that helped me a little bit uh got in shape because i mean we've had this discussion on numerous times like i don't think we ran enough in high school and Transition to FMU, oh, we ran every single day. A lot. <laughs> we ran a lot. Yes, we did. And so, I mean, that ultimately helped my conditioning and just helped me grow physically as a, you know, as a player. So what did your schedule look like? Let's say during, um, in the season, what did it look like during that first fall semester? So I get up very early since I was dealing with my hamstring issues. Um, so I'd be in the hot tub at 
5.45. And I'd be in there, I'd get stressed by the trainers, get taped up, and get ready for practice. Practice being around, we'll start around 7 to 9.30ish, 10 o'clock. Yep. And then from there, I go straight to classes. So from 10 to 2, I have about two, three classes. Break, get something to eat, and then film study. Would seem like the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of film. It was a lot of film. Man, so yeah, from there. So the, the day was pretty hectic uh, for the most part. I go from... Like I said, five thirty getting up to maybe eleven o'clock at night, yeah. shutting it down. So, pretty long days for the most part. And you're telling me that's every day from August until December. Yeah, yeah, every single day. Like I thought I was busy in high school. I tried to keep myself busy. I was in football. I was in band. I was in all these other extracurricular activities just to try to keep myself, you know, going. You know, I, I like being busy. So. So I guess in that sense, moving to SMU wasn't that big of a change, but it was just being busy for one thing. Whereas high school was busy for multiple things. SMU right. was busy for football. Right. So it's kind of monotonous because it's like football. Like you're not looking forward to basketball or track season. It's like exactly. football, 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 football yes. in classes. Yeah. And we had the discussion a couple of times in, in our dorm. Like, bro, there's nothing to break it up. It's just nothing. football, 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 yeah. in the, you know. Yep. So for those playing basketball, those playing volleyball, whatever sport you're playing, it is that sport. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> so I mean, um, yeah, man, that was I do remember those conversations we used to have. Um, earlier you referenced injuries. So tell me about your journey with injuries and how it was how your mindset was having to overcome those injuries and constant nagging. Um I know I know, because I know you, it was your hamstring. So, like, what, how was it, like, overcoming that and still having to get up earlier than everyone going to treatment and, like, you'll come back and it hurts again? And tell me, walk me through, like, your mindset and that whole process. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, hamstring was my Achilles heel, <clears throat> per se. Uh, I tore it my junior year of high school in the state track meet mm. at UT, you know. Work all year, get there, boom, tear it when I got the handoff. And that pretty much stayed with me from my senior year up into my freshman year at SMU. So um, I, I can't put it. Um, so once I got to SMU, you know, for a couple first days of practice, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to show my thing, especially on special teams. You know, that's like my love. Uh, and, kick you, turn. And, and you did uh, your thing <laughs> on, on kick return two with our drills. You was tearing us up. <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah, I, I love that. But I'm not sure if you ever knew, but I never sprinted during those drills. Mm. I would never sprint because in the back of my head, if I go too fast, I'm going to pop it again, be back in the same predicament all over again. I got to stall all over. Um, but, you know, one day I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. I think I can give it a little more juice. And as soon as I went to do it, pop. Wow. So it was like, I, it, was, it was always back there. I'm not sure if I just thought about it all the time. It was just a mind thing. Maybe it was, but I didn't want to continue getting hurt. So, like I said, I get on the field, showcase a little bit. Maybe the next day, pop, back to the training room. And I start the process all over again. Mm. I have to every morning, stretching, uh, 
uh, doing exercises strictly for my hamstring to try to strengthen it up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. A couple weeks later, okay, I'm feeling good. Go back out, same thing. So it's like I'm taking a step forward, but 20 steps backwards. You know, I felt like I wasn't gaining ground on showcasing my talents or just being able to get out there on the field, period, you know. So uh, it got to a point where it was very demoralizing. Like I didn't, I didn't want to go out there anymore. You know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get hurt again. You know, I had that negative mindset, which is not something that I usually carry. I'm very optimistic for the most part. Um, so it, it weighed heavy, heavily on me for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, things, that turned into another thing. And then ultimately, the decision came. Yeah, so. well, yeah we'll, talk, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we definitely appreciate you uh, being transparent and honest with us. Um, so before we get to um, the decision, the LeBron James decision, <laughs> um, tell me about what it was like dating. So we both had girlfriends at the time, and thankfully we're now we're both married to the same exactly. girl we were dating. So I'm very glad about mm-hmm. that for us. Um, tell me about your journey and what it was like dating while you being a student athlete. Um, in college? Well, I knew it was going to be busy. I knew our schedule was going to be hectic. So I know, like, our first, uh, what was it? Uh, so, uh, two days. Mm-hmm. When that came along, I was like, hey, babe, it's going to be very busy. I'm going to be very tired. I try to give her a heads up on, like, what to expect, but I'm going to try to reach out, you know, whenever I can, you know, to try to set some time aside, you know. But two days was. Uh, I think it definitely helped strengthen my relationship (laughs) (laughs) because uh, in high school, we're used to seeing each other every day. College, not so much. Even though she went to UTA, she was in Arlington. I was in Dallas, not too far away, but we didn't see each other every day like we did in high school. That could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, you know, depending on how you take it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as two days, long days, practicing two times a day. We're exhausted. We come back. We just want to sleep. You won't do anything else. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do not miss two days at all. Not at all. But I mean, like, hey, babe, just I just got back. You know, just keep an update on my status. Little, no, I'm okay. Little things like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the school year, um, I think things were okay. I'd go visit her from time to time. Um, she'd come visit me from time to time. You know, I try to make that connection. But ultimately, I think it was good for us uh, being apart a little bit. I think it helped transition our relationship to what it is today you know i think we're pretty strong together but i mean that time yes and you definitely showed us that we can weather a little of a storm and still make it out you know? yeah i 100 percent agree i think our relationship is better because of it because i mean you have to communicate and you have mm-hmm. to talk because you're not at the same because neither one of our we weren't at the same university when we were both at smu our um our girlfriends were not with us they were, at exactly. different, they were at different colleges, so we had to communicate. We had to strengthen that bond. So for anybody out there, it's possible. <laughs> you just got to communicate and want to do it. Exactly. Um, so talk to me about your academics um, at SMU. How was the transition from high school uh, to college? So remember how I said high school was kind of easy for me? Mm-hmm. SMU was not easy for me at all, okay? So it goes back to those study habits. Having study habits good study habits is a must at any university i believe just from my perspective just what i've experienced um, i was a very horrible procrastinator um, me too because <laughs> i felt you know i mean in high school that's all i not 
not that I procrastinate everything, but I felt like that's when I did my best work, you know, but, uh, which is, which is not good for the audience listening. Uh, being able to have time management skills is a very big priority. You have to manage your time correctly in between going to practice, going to class, going to film study, and then setting aside time to study for your classes. Mm -hmm. So you have to make time for that. And unfortunately, I didn't do that properly. And my grades are because of it. I came in with a great GPA due to those 26 credits. Mm -hmm. But that only lasts so long when you're not excelling well academically. Yeah. That's cool. You know? For so. me, yeah, I 100% agree. I know for me, I'll tell the audience that the first, uh, I graduated high school with 3.7. And then mm -hmm. in the summer, I had a 4.0 in the two classes that we take before the fall actually starts. My mm -hmm. first semester GPA was a 2.4. So I, I, did not, I, did not, <laughs> I did not transition well from um, the summer classes in college are a little bit easier typically mm. than in the fall. Um, so when fall came around, I, could, I did not manage my time well. I almost fell to class. I got like a C minus in one. Um, so everything that Ev's telling you about time management and making sure that you make it a priority is very, very important. Um, so what did you um, study while you were here at SMU? So originally my what i was wanting to major in was electrical engineering which i found exactly what electrical engineering was once i got there i know but just going and looking on the outside i'm like hey, i want to be an electrical engineer they make a lot of money you know they make a lot of money and that's what, <laughs> that was all i was thinking about okay it makes a lot of money right you know, i'm trying to set myself up my wife my kids up for future success mm -hmm. but a job that makes money and a job that you love going to are two completely different things. Unless you can find one that marries them both. Mm -hmm. Which can sometimes be a, you know, you know, few and far in between, you know. So, right. um, but I mean, that was me originally thinking I wanted to be an electrical engineer. Uh, taking those classes were very interesting. But I found out what it, that it was not exactly what I wanted to do. It's not what I thought I saw myself doing. Uh, but one thing to consider, I'm not sure if it's for every school, my engineering classes didn't mesh with my football schedule. Mm -hmm. So I was having a hard time picking my classes around my schedule, which garnered conflict with the coaches <laughs> and my academic advisor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just not sure if that was just my issue or that's an issue that many other students face at other universities for the same core classes you know so, so you said they they conflicted in terms of time like yes. the time that the classes actually were mm -hmm. okay. like i had to leave football practice early to make it to one of my engineering classes gotcha. which didn't set so well in my coach's eyes gotcha. you know or it was during film study which i need to be in film study so i'm missing this but i'm going to class so is it right or is it wrong so i'm getting eyes from both directions like oh this is wrong oh oh it's fine you know so is it you took me is it right or wrong or should i try right. you know try to fix it <laughs> <laughs> and so for everyone listening take this word of advice that these are questions you need to ask on your official visit to the university and see if your major you want to do meshes with um your schedule that you'll have for athletics so make sure that you ask the type of not just 
how what the girls look like, not just about <laughs> football or basketball or volleyball stuff. Also ask, will your classes and will your major actually mesh with your responsibilities as a student athlete? Um, so let's talk about socially. So at um, Atlanta, were you like were you like the big man on campus? But like, did you socialize with everyone, or were you more reserved? In a sense, I was both. Uh, let me explain. So. I speak to everybody, you know, I'm not the person to, like, oh, yeah, it's them. No, I talk, smile, shake hands, fist bump with everybody, you know, that was, that was just me. That was just my mentality, uh, uh, I guess, but I am, but I can be reserved. So I'm not the most outspoken person, but I will speak to everyone, put it that way. Eh, that probably doesn't make much sense. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, <laughs> but uh, it's me the same way. I mean, I just, want to be myself. Like I said, I'm not really a partier. That's not really my, you know, mm -hmm. way of, just not something I like, put it that much. Uh, I like sitting at the house, you know, relaxing, watching ESPN, eating my Doritos and queso. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> and Blue Gatorade. <laughs> and Blue Gatorade, that's all I need. But I mean, I would say it's pretty much the same, man, from, from my transition from high school to SMU. I mean, I got along with everybody. Uh, I just, I just was myself, you know. I didn't try to be anybody that I wasn't. So it wasn't hard for me to fit in, I believe. So was it – do you think it was harder for you to make friends? I could, on the football team, of course, you have, like mm – -hmm. um, it's kind of easier to make friends because you have practices, you're with each other all the time. But outside of the team, do you think it was more difficult to, like, kind of go out on the limb and talk to new people? Was it easier than high school? I guess in that sense it would be a little bit harder because, like, I'm outspoken with people that I know and more reserved people that I don't know. So in classes, I might not see any football players or people that I know in my dorm. So I'm having to, you know, make conversation out of nothing, you know. So, oh, I don't really know you, but, you know, shoot. Hey, what do you think about this question on the math homework? Right. You know, just try to start up <laughs> something, you know, try to make conversation. So, I mean, it, I guess a little, it was a little bit harder in that sense, but uh, that allowed me to step outside my boundaries, uh, out of my comfort zones pretty much to, Get to know everyone. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Got you. That's good. That's real good insight. Um, so let's let's talk about this decision, Ev. Um, I'll let you kind of steer the, the conversation in the direction you want to go. So tell us about the decision, kind of your mindset going into it, what you were thinking, and kind of what led to this decision that you made. Okay. So like I said, injured my hamstring junior year, that transitioned into college. All right, so I'm trying to showcase my talents. I get injured. Okay, so back to the training room. A few weeks later, back on football field. Okay, try to showcase my talents again. So it was just a back and forth thing. A couple steps forward, more steps backwards. So I felt like I was going in the wrong direction as far as my football career, you know. Um, so I know we had a couple conversations uh, about, you know, before I got here, I wanted to go to the NFL. But after going through the practices, you know, and this, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do going forward. You know, so I don't think I want to go to the next level. And then that had me think, okay, what, well, what's my plan B? You know, so, um, like I said, I, I got to a point where I was more depressed about going to practice. Than wanting to show what I actually have because 
all the back and forth about me and Jim hamstring and I don't want people to think that, oh, I'm just making this stuff up. You know, that's not me. I mean, I'm actually hurting out there, but I'm still trying to play through the pain to show you that, hey, I really want to be here. You know, uh, I don't want anybody to check my character knowing that, you know, football is my love. This is what I've always done. This is what I know, you know. So ultimately, um, I call my parents up. I'm like, hey, mom, you know, hey, dad, and my uncles. I'm like, hey, uh, what do you guys think about this? You know, I can't really do anything uh, as far as a football film, I'm not getting any playing time because I'm always hurt, you know. But I mean, it ultimately came back to me, you know. I'm the one experiencing the pain. Ultimately, it's my decision to decide whether I want to stay, try to weigh it out, or if I want to go and try to make something else of my situation, you know. So <clears throat> uh, this goes back to my upbringing. So mom always preached academics. Yes, my first year at SMU wasn't best from that transition from high school to college, but I knew. I had it up here as well as well as well as my athletic ability on the field. So uh, when we talked to Coach Jones, like, hey, uh, I don't think this is working out for me. You know, I'm injured more than anything, and I'm not really making any progress as far as helping the team out. You know, I don't want to feel selfish that I'm deserting the team or anything like that. You know, it was just at that time I felt that that was the best move for me in my situation, you know. I don't want to keep injuring and make it worse than what it already is and then having the trouble walking later or something like that, you know. I mean, I still have issues with my hamstring to this day. I still cannot go out in the front yard and run full speed. I mean, of course, I can play basketball or something like that, but I'm not really just sprinting up and down the field and stuff right. like that, you know, up and down the court. But I do it recreationally, not, oh, this is my job from here on out, you know. Uh, but yeah, made the decision to leave SMU. Uh, it was a big decision. Uh, it really hit home once I got back home, and I was like, "Why am I home?" You know, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so for me leaving SMU, I left it the summer of 2014, and then I re-enrolled in college the spring semester of 2015. Mm -hmm. So I took that half a year off to pretty much going on what I wanted to do. You know, what was the next step in life for me? And I hit the ground rolling. Got you. So you decided to leave. What was the – so you said you let um, – from the summer until the spring, so that little brief period during the fall semester. Tell mm -hmm. me about some ex the experiences. Like, what were you doing? Um, what was your thought process and what was your mentality? Like, what, walk us through what you were going through during those few months. Okay, uh, during that time, and I was I was pretty down. Uh, felt like I had failed in a sense uh, because I wasn't playing football anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you go back home, everybody like, oh yeah, he's back home. You know, he he feels not like. I guess from my perspective, I see it as they wanted you to fail more than they wanted you to succeed, which is kind of you know heartbreaking in a way. I'm like, okay, you guys supported me through my high school career, but once I got out from under Atlanta, you were like, oh, you know, oh, he'll be back home in no time. Yeah. And that was not something that I wanted to. I mean, I'm wrong, I love going home, but that's not where I wanted to be at that time in my, my life. So I went back home. Of course, my mom, my dad, they're very supportive. Hey, you got this, you know, we'll, we'll find another avenue where you can go, go back to school, you know, to further your, 
your career. So uh, during that time, I picked up a job uh, as a line cook at a McAllister's Deli in Texas, Texas. Uh, worked there for six months. I made some money, you know, saved up a little bit. And then I applied to UTA in Arlington where my, where my girlfriend was at the time. So uh, I got accepted. And I enrolled in there what, January 7th, I believe. So I had my own apartment. I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to come up. I, I can do this. I can do this. And then I set my eyes on continuing my electrical engineering career there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, once I got there, I figured, out, okay, electrical engineering might not be exactly what I want to do in my life, you know? Uh, so I was like, okay, let's see what computer engineering has to do, you know? Um, took some classes there, had the toughest time with Calculus 2, which ultimately ended my <laughs> career growth towards that. Um, and then, uh, but during that time, I was working nights. So still a busy schedule, go to school during the day from 8 to 3 or 4, something like that, come home, take a little nap. Then I go work that night at UPS, where I was loaded for a while, and I eventually got promoted to supervisor. Yeah. So, um, Worked there for a while. Worked actually there throughout my entire college career until I got my bachelor's uh, when I was at SNHU. So I was at uh, UTA for about a year and a half. Okay. Then I went, then I transferred to SNHU, which is a completely online school, Southern New Hampshire University. And that's where I figured out that IT was exactly what I wanted to do. So I uh, finished that in three years. I uh, got my bachelor's degree on last year. We'll probably go back here in the future to get my master's, depending on how my career unfolds and uh, what's required of that position. You know, uh, but uh, the decision definitely derailed my plans initially because I only had that one plan: yeah. go to college. I'm here. I made it. Now what? So I didn't really have a plan after that. But once I left. I had to think about that, okay, what's plan A, okay? But also, what's my backup plan, just in case plan A doesn't unfold the way that I want it to unfold. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will say that the thing that I admire you the most about, Ev, I've never told you this, but that although you might have gone through a downtime, you did not let that derail you from making sure that you and your family would be in the, in the right position. Like you, like you said, you worked full-time nights, and you were also a student. And so that says a lot to not just pack it up, go home and stay at home forever. You still like, no, I need to be independent. I have a girlfriend who I want to who I want to make my wife in the future. So I need to step up and take on this responsibility. So I've always admired you for that. Um, my next question to you though, is any student athlete when they go to college and they, let's say they're mulling a decision on whether they should stay at the university ultimately leave what do you think they should think about before they make that decision like what are some things you wish you would have maybe thought about more or that um, you just gained from the experience that you have um, thinking about that decision and the aftermath of what you've seen afterwards so the first thing we say what is your plan so if you're leaving your current college or university or whatever what's your plan after you leave i would say don't leave until you know exactly what or where you know you're going. Uh, you don't want to just leave and be like me and like, okay, well, what do I do now? You know, I didn't have a plan in motion, but if you have a plan in motion before you leave, there might not be as much time off in between you leaving and you picking back up where you want to be. 
Uh, that'd be my main thing. Um, other than that, just talk it over with those who are close to you. Like I said, ultimately, it's your decision. So ultimately, you have to make the decision. Don't really let anyone make the decision for you because you're living this life. If you let someone else pick it, then they're leading your life, you know. So make that decision for yourself, where you want to be, where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's real good, Ev. Um, and my last question about this topic is, um, how did you deciding to leave? How did how has that influenced and impacted um, your relationship and your family? Like, is there any good, bad, either way? Like, did you free up more time for you to be able to mm-hmm. hang out with your girlfriend more? Or did it not... There were some relationships torn. Like, what walk me through how it influenced um, your relationships with your friends and family and loved ones. Uh, at first, uh, one of my uh, good friends back home, Jared Lincoln, uh, he met him for my wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was he was there for me. He was like, bro, whatever you need, I mean, I'm here. You know, just let me know uh, what I can do. So, and of course, you were there, Jared. I mean, you two helped me stay there you know and i didn't really fall off per se like like i was in a bad place at certain times but i knew i had family was there who didn't really look at me the wrong way because i made that decision you know so definitely having someone there to listen and hear you out on what you're feeling because i'm not really one to express how i'm feeling you know but uh you know Amani, she will she she's she's always there and she's always listening she's always asking like how you feeling you know she wants to I'll be there to assist me in anything. Uh, but um, definitely having my parents there was a good eye for me because I went back home and I stayed with them for a while. And then, you know, they looked after me. And they not looked after me per se, but they were always there. Mm-hmm. They've been there every step of the way. They weren't like, oh, they were there in high school, but they weren't there in college. They were there from from the very, very beginning, and they're still here today. She still calls me like I live with her. But like I said, ultimately, it's, it's, it's your decision. Um, you have to make that move on your own. Uh, you can get advice from others, but ultimately it falls back on you to make that move for yourself. Yeah. That's real good. That's real good. So you said that you graduated um, from NSU? SNHU. SNHU. You graduated yep. from SNHU. Um, so tell us what you're doing now. I mean, you're doing, you're doing big things. You got a, a good job. So tell, tell us what's going on with you now. Yeah, so once I graduated, uh, I left UPS. I've been there for like four years while I finished my degree and stuff like that because they assisted me by paying for some of my college. So mm-hmm. it was a good thing as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I decided, okay, maybe I need a change of scenery. And so I graduated. I applied to Nexia Solutions up in Frisco, Texas, uh, networking company. Uh, and I, I got hired on as a project coordinator. So I didn't realize it at the time, but the day I went to get my computer and stuff like that, I found out that I worked from home, which was a big thing for me. Uh, I never, I always thought, okay, maybe I can work from home one day, you know, just wake up, sit down in my pajamas. You know? Right. Before you know, COVID. Talking, yeah, before COVID, exactly. <laughs> so I've been like I'm, like, I'm working at home before the whole COVID situation happened. So, um, yeah, I work from home. I, uh, a project coordinator slash troubleshooting technician. So I'm assisting uh, tower crews on sale tower sites. So the same towers that connect to your phones where you can 
look on the internet, you can call someone, I'm helping and assisting on those type of sites. So if something goes down, don't call me, I'm not the problem. But that's, <laughs> de that's dealing with the same issues. Right. So we're troubleshooting those issues. So you have good call quality, you have higher speeds to, you know, uh, start the internet and stuff like that. So did your degree, is your degree currently helping you in your position, do you think? It's helping me some, uh, but I know eventually down the road, I mean, I want to gear more towards network engineering per se, whereas designing the networks and, you know, uh, stuff along that lines. Whereas now I'm just troubleshooting issues with crews who are on those sites and stuff like that. But uh, it, it, it has helped me a little bit though, for sure. Got you. That's good. That's good. So in closing, Ev, this has been a great, um, great podcast. What are five pieces of advice you would give student athletes out there who want to be a college athlete? Okay. I'm going to reiterate some of the stuff I said earlier. So, number one, uh, don't stop grinding. So, once you get there, know your plan afterwards. Don't just get there and be like, okay, I'm here. You know, have a plan of action to get to your next set of goals rather than be like, okay, I'm in college. I want to get to the NFL. How are you going to get to the NFL? You know, lay out those steps to get where you want to be. Okay. I mean, number one. Uh, number two, uh, time management. That's, that's, that's a big one. You have to have time management. Procrastination will hurt you so badly. Like I was, like I said, I went to school online for three years. If I procrastinated any, I would have been a, in a very bad situation. So staying on top of your schoolwork uh, and any other activities you have going is key to helping you weather the storm throughout your college career. Mm -hmm. um, uh, challenge yourself, get outside your comfort zones. Uh, get to know people that you don't necessarily know. Um, do things that you don't necessarily do, you know. Just try to be more well-rounded rather than staying in your little bubble. Uh, uh, learn from your failures. Uh, don't let them just completely bring you down. Learn from them so that they motivate you to do bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. And last thing, I guess, is, yeah, the last thing would be, uh, it's kind of a mix of don't stop grinding, but plan for success, you know. Have a plan B. Know what's next. If something goes wrong, okay, well, I got this as my backup plan. To so have a backup plan for your backup plan just to be safe, you know. So I still do that to this day. So I think those five things could help any potential student athlete or a student athlete who's going through things right now. Yeah. Those are real good. And thank you for those nuggets. We appreciate it. This has been a great interview. Um, I've enjoyed this thoroughly i learned some new stuff myself about you that i didn't know before so i definitely appreciate you uh, is there any last words that you have before we before we get off uh, just thanks for having me on man i mean i appreciate the, the time you set aside to allow me to you know speak what i've been through and hopefully it allows hopefully what i've been through will help someone else go oh, in their situation oh, trust me i'm sure it definitely will all right without that being said we'll see y'all next week all right Jack.